guys, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You've heard me talk about Rocket Money. People have been signing up for Rocket Money because I'm talking about them so much. Get all these applications that you sign up for. You do it one time. You go, oh, it's a cool little app. I'll do it. I'll sign up for free, and then I'll uh, I'll cancel it. And you never cancel it. You forget you do. You do that with so many different things. You know you've done it. Streaming, all the different things that you have, and you're getting charged for every month. Well, Rocket Money lets you know, hey, look at what you're paying for. Pay attention to it. Cancel it. Do what you need to do. Organize it. And they organize everything for you. It has been such a benefit to me it helps me it, it keeps you up to date with your credit score it keeps you up to date with money you're spending weekly i love rocket money it's a great finance app and it really keeps you checked in so please go and check it out it is worth it sign up today rocketmoney.com slash thing rocketmoney.com slash thing hello guys what's going on it is friday getting into the weekend and we had some kind of week here, man. A lot of different things that we were talking about, whether it was uh, Gary Busey getting into a car accident and then running away, driving away. Um, we talked about UAP stuff, and then we did Ahsoka things. Those were really the headlines of the week. Really was. Ahsoka had a big episode. But for the most part, with the strikes and everything else going on, there's a lack of news. There's a lack of things to talk about. There's a lack of things in general. We're always going to find stuff to talk about over here because we, we want to goof around about things. And it's kind of what the, the basis of this channel was, was based on, is talking about the things you want to talk about. And, um, and look, I even watched, what did I watch uh, last night? I watched Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2 within the last couple of days. And I'm going to talk about that on the website. You want to join over the website, thechristianharloff.com. But I'm like, you know, today, let's take some questions from the fans. And we'll, we'll get into it. We'll do a full, um, I mean, even the, the headline of the show today came from a user-generated question. So let's get to it. We're going to talk about it. Everything you guys want to bring up, no matter what it was today. And then this strike, fingers crossed. I know everybody's saying end of the year, but there's, it looks like Zaslav and these other people are starting to really cave, realizing that they've lost the war and they got to figure it out. But... You never know. 2024 is most likely the scenario, but let's cross our fingers and hope. But if you haven't ever, if you haven't ever done it, then you definitely should do it today. Subscribe to the channel, guys. We're at 91,000. 91,000. We're also, if you're listening to us on podcasts, it's probably Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. That audience has been growing as well and is helping us with our wonderful sponsors. And I thank you guys so much. Let's get into it. It's the big thing. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the big thing. I'm excited. Talk to you guys today. You know, really great questions. Anytime I put on the community thing, someone asked yesterday. And I'm not using the troll voice because it was a nice question. It was a nice comment. I post every every ep, a lot most episodes. I post on the community page of YouTube, and what I do is I say, "Here's the latest episode of Big Thing. What topic are you most interested in?" And I put the link in there by the way i'll explain in a why in a second so what topic are you most interested in me talking about right whatever the news stories are of the day like the top four i think it's five you can add in the poll i i, I put in there and sometimes I ask other questions so there was somebody and again very nice guy it was something like, well, why i've seen you ask this before just do what you want to do don't worry about what what we have to say just kind of just do just do your thing and and we'll we'll watch no matter what and i was like well there's a lot of different reasons why i i do that poll the first is because I've always been, since Schmoes 
Schmodown, any Collider Live, always been connected to what the audience is saying. I believe it is crucial. I believe it is imperative to know what the audience is vibing with, what they want to see. Uh, you, you hear, like, I like things to be kind of like a town hall. To get it. Now, it doesn't mean you always change your stuff and you always change things no matter because you might be you might think of something like it's like a bit in comedy if you believe like i know that this thing has premise i know it has potential and i'm trying it and people aren't just digging it the way that i was it's not they're not laughing the way that i wanted them to do i just kind of tweak it a little bit and i wonder and i test and i do some things and you can keep the the bit inside of the, the comedy set or eventually you go it's just not working um so there's certain things that i do the same thing the same kind of way with uh, with the audience and ask them things and it's been total it's been completely beneficial every single time um, whether I agree with the way people are with certain things that they're saying or not right like the example was that we did the the Roxy Stryer is one of my favorite people in the entire world and I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure that we can still have her on the show every week but it's becoming harder because she's not, she's she uh, to her own choice. She's choosing. She doesn't want to talk about movie stories right now and TV stories, which I completely support and I understand because of the strike and everything too. I think that again, I believe that the SAG could have been a little bit more clear on how people are um, are doing. Like, I don't believe. I think Roxy's eligible for the union. I don't think she's in it yet. I am in the union. Mike Kalinowski's in it. Roka's in it. We we are choosing to talk about it because we are also. We fall under the category of critique. We fall in the kind of I've been professionally reviewing um, movies and television shows for the last 12 years, certified MPAA, BFCA, all that stuff. So I fall into that category. And my, my understanding is that people are on my show and I'm you know paying them to be on the show, then they're paid critics and they fall under that. But I also understand and I respect for people who don't want to do that right now. And I don't, I don't chastise anybody for doing that. I don't chastise anybody who's doing, you know, who, who chooses to talk about it in a respectful way and critiques it. I don't chastise people who, um, who decide they don't, they, they want to wait for the strike to be over. I think it's fair. Like Coys and Winston and and um, and Roxy and Steph, like I miss them terribly, but I understand and I support them. But it is becoming more difficult because Roxy comes on. We talk about we like me and Brett and Roxy have a great vibe. Like we really do. It's like I love the shows when they come on. When we, the show that we did the other day was great. I loved it. Loved everything about it. But I knew going into it, I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, okay, I guess we can. The the well, only story to me in here that anybody would actually click on is this Gary Busey thing. Um, and I said, even that, I don't even know if we're going to get ten thousand views on this thing. And we didn't. Uh, barely, barely hit. Barely, I think it's climbing towards 10 climbing towards it which with the sponsors and the things that we need to do it it's not worth it overall so the it's so i wanted to do on my post okay here is the link to the show do you want us to do more episodes like this and the other reason why is because youtube is atrocious when it comes to letting people know the subscribers know when your stuff um, goes out like the notifications even when you click the notifications on it doesn't go out to everybody sometimes you get it sometimes you don't I've gotten so many comments people are like I didn't even know the show went up so one of the kind of um, ways around that is that you can post a, an image poll and when you post the image poll that everyone will see you put the link in there for, for YouTube and everyone will see it so I post it in the image poll every single time 
So that way, there's the notification. That way you see it. Oh, okay, well, they just posted it. I didn't see the notification from YouTube, but Christian just posted it. There it is. Um, but even with that, barely did 10,000. Again, it's climbing. Maybe it catches on down the line. I don't know. So it's becoming tougher. But that's why I do those particular polls. And I, and, but going back to what I just said, there is, that's why I also ask for the audience's um, opinions and thoughts. And never will ever take something when presented in that way. I thought it was completely, it was, like I said, the guy was super nice about it, really um, was supportive. And it's, it's that type of thing that is, it just also adds to the frustration of the fact that the studios are really causing um, an incredible amount of damage to themselves, obviously to the actors and the writers, to people outside of it. I mean, it is, it's, it's bad. And I saw some post, and I'm, I'm completely misquoting this. I'm not saying this completely factual. You guys can go and check it out. I'm going to mess the numbers up for sure, but I'm just giving a little bit of a... So, some substance, you know, I'm talking about. I saw somebody, there was a writer that wrote, I think initially the deal that the WGA wanted would have cost the studios overall collectively like something like $58 million. I think that was the, that was the overall how much it would have cost them. But because they fought back on it, I think that the amount of money that they're losing because of these strikes is something upward in the neighborhood of $500 million. So they had they, they could have, taken bit the bullet on the 58 million whatever the number was and been over with this took the hit on okay well we're paying a little bit more than we wanted to and now the amount of money that they've lost because of their stubbornness and, and greed has been astronomical and you look at someone like, even like david zaslov now finally realizing it and i knew it remember we talked about this on the show we knew as we got closer to wonka and we got closer to aquaman we're going to hear more from zaslov to Hurry up, guys. We got we to get everybody to the table, man. Come on. Let's go. Hurry up. Yeah. It's, it's no surprise. It is no surprise whatsoever that um, Zaslav is, is excited about this now to, to get everybody back at the table to start talking. It's, it's cost the industry and cost the, I mean, just the, the country in general taking a, taking a hit. And, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely affected this show. It's definitely affected this space. It's definitely affected all the families and uh, for the writers and the, the actors and people inside of the studio. It's, it's, it, it needs to end. It won't for a bit. I unfortunately think it's going to end in like January, February of 2024. I, I, I've never wanted to be more wrong. I've never wanted to be wrong more than right now. I want to wake up in the morning and say, look, they got to the table. They figured it out. Everybody's happy. We're going back to work. It's gonna. It's, it's going down. I mean, again, on the selfish side of things, for Katie Sackhoff's podcast, we have shot a ton of episodes and really great guests. But we, A, she can't release anything because there's, we want to make sure that it's, she, you know, it's, it's stuff that we have to um, be careful about and we don't want to violate um, any of the rules. And, and the guests that we have are, talking about things you guys want to hear them talk about but we can't we can't do we can't do it we can't release it obviously until and i can't wait to see, if you guys see the show we have so many different things kind of coming out for that but anyway um so yeah i just wanted to kind of be up front with you guys and let you guys know and let's get into some of these questions man let's do it what are the long-term plans for the channel if the strikes extend into next year well i mean i think this kind of show 
shows you what we can do. And it's, I, I think that it's a matter of, there's always topics, there's always things that we can talk about. And there's always like, the UAP show has been big. I mean, and I, I really, and I know it's not for everybody, but it does really well for us because people are interested in the subject matter on Tuesdays. It's great to see Riley every Tuesday again. I love hanging out with him. So that's been, that, that would hold in the Tuesday spot for a while. Um, the Q&A stuff can always last for a bit. The, I mean, there are a couple of different shows. You got Loki coming out for, I mean, that's, again, you're talking about next year. There are still things that are coming out next year, and there's still things that we can do, and there's still ways that we, and, and like, if, if we have to go into other, that's the thing about this show, is this show is pop culture, news, and other things, too. If we have to take a crack at doing other types of stories that, you know, similar to the Busey story, but maybe a little bit more, more relevance and, and things that people want to actually, A, that we want to talk about and that you guys want to, we'll take the shot. And it's kind of why I'm testing the waters with some of these things too. But I just, I just know you guys well enough, right? I just know, I just know the audience. I like when I put up the Ahsoka spoiler review, when I put up this, uh, when there's a star Wars show out, you guys are going to click on that. You're going to watch it. You're going to check that out. When I have an out of the theater reaction of a movie that you want to see, you're going to watch it. When I put up something like the nun Two, you don't really give a crap. And I get it. And you can't, there are people that I think mistakenly, especially in this space, think that, oh, well, they subscribe to my channel. They want to see everything that I'm going to talk about. You don't. And I get that. It's like there's certain things that you want to hear my opinion on. There's other things you don't care about what my opinion is because you don't want to see the freaking thing. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter what I say, whether I say that none two is great or it stinks. It's like maybe you tune into it going, well, I want to see if he cracks some jokes on it. I, I, I enjoy his jokes. See it. Or it's like, I don't enjoy his jokes. You know, he's just going to crack on it the whole time. And I don't care about this movie. So I want to see when he reviews something I care about, when he's watching something I, I, I want to watch, then that's when I watch him. I'm not delusional about that. I know that there's a, you know, I, I do. It's one of the reasons, one of the, and I've talked about this many times over. I, one of my favorite shows that I've ever done that I love, that was probably a passion project of mine that I did at Collider and I brought it over to, to my other channel and that was one-on-one -on -one with Christian Harloff. And I did it with, um, with celebrity guests. I did it with uh, friends. I did it with a, a bunch of different people. And I love that show. It's just full on conversation. But the problem is, and I realize, and this is one of the re realize, it's like, you're not just tuning in to hear me talk about stuff. It's something specific. It's the person, it's the topic, and I get it. So um, 2024, we'll kind of, I think that we'll have enough to cover by the end of the year, by the way, with Loki and a few other movies that are coming out. I think the strike will be over by January, February. I still think there's things that are far enough along into production that by the time that the strike is over and they can start moving stuff and putting things out. So I don't think we're going to be in that kind. It's going to be, it's more of the news drought stuff. That's the, that's the main thing right now. There's like, there's only so much, like I went in, I was thinking about considering doing like a capes and cows thing today. And there's just not a lot of stuff in, in that world right now. There's not a lot of stuff, uh, like it's rumor speculation pieces and, and things of that nature. And, and there it's not, there's not a lot of news, but I think that will change regardless and i think it's really the the tough part of it will be like the end of this year the, the remainder of the year i think that's going to be the tough start all right next one danny phillips 16. do you think charmaine avoid chinoy will try to replicate the look and feel of jj abrams star wars films with her ray movie i hope so say what you like about jj but to me he's the only director who has visually nailed the magic and wonder of star wars i'm gonna i'm gonna push back against that danny um and and that's okay that's okay uh i i don't i i feel like 
when I go back and I watch those movies and I say the same thing, when I look at The Force Awakens, The Force Awakens is a, is a, it's a fun movie. And, it's, and I enjoyed it a lot when I saw it. When I go back and watch it now, it's not that I don't enjoy it and it's not that I don't think it's a good movie. It's, and I've said this on my rewatches. My problem with, and again, this is my personal thoughts on it. My problem is I know what comes next. And it's a more, it's a more, it's like a point going, they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know, they didn't know, they didn't know. And I always used to kind of push back against, uh, whether it was on Clutter Jedi Council, these other things about the idea that it was just a replica and they just took these, they, they didn't take enough um, originality in, in the, the Force Awakens and just replicated, you know, the the Death Star and, and all these other things in the first in the first order and and I was like and I pushed back against it. The more and more when you see certain things like what they're doing with Ahsoka with the lore with other things that they, like fan things that they have made in the in, like uh, there was something they generated with AI images, but they talked about like the story of what Episode Seven could have been outside of just doing the same thing over again, and. It did seem, again, where with J.J., what he, what he did, as much as he brought so much fun characters and everything, too, but if you look at it, and I, this I have always said, it does seem like a $250, 300000000 million fan film. Well, everything Star Wars after Star Wars is fan film. And I requote the same quote that I've quoted a billion times over. The reason why Mandalorian Season 1, Mandalorian Season 2... For a lot of people, Ahsoka feel classic kind of Star Wars is because it's paying homage to the stuff that inspired Star Wars as opposed to just trying to be Star Wars. I felt that The Force Awakens specifically was trying to be Star Wars of what J.J. thought Star Wars was. And it wasn't the stuff that inspired. And I do think there was stuff inside of The Last Jedi as much as I don't like that movie. Well, you said you liked it the first time. Oh, you don't, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. No. It's okay to watch things the first time and go, hey, maybe. The first time I saw it in the theater, actually, I, was, I didn't tweet about it. And people were like, um, why aren't you tweeting about it? And I saw the next day, definitely drank the Kool-Aid on it. And to this day, say, and I, this is what I will always push back in someone that says it's not a well-made film. It's a very well-made film. Probably one of the best made films out of all of the Star Wars films. Made films. But it gets significantly worse for me. However, there are things inside of it that he was doing his own thing, Ryan Johnson, and inspiring, uh, stuff that inspired Star Wars for sure. Just to me, just felt like a completely different movie and, and I don't love it. But the tone, complete shift from the JJ one. And then the, the, the third JJ was, it, it just, yeah, it, it's, it's messy. So no, I don't think I, I, I kind of hope that they don't. I hope that they make it look completely different. I loved the rumor about Damon Lindelof bringing in an old Ray, and people pushed back on me on that one. They're like, "Well, no, because the reason why the, 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 it's we want to continue the story of Ray and see how she is." Yeah, but you still have to. It, this is almost like a fourth movie, as you just kind of stated it, right? It's like by putting that type of tone and connecting it for only 15 years later. It's essentially the fourth movie in the franchise in that in that franchise of the new trilogy. If you make it when Ray is 65, 70 years old, it's a new movie. 
it's a new franchise. It's a new chapter. It's a new era. And that's why I kind of, I mean, it, it allows you to just kind of start over. Um, I love Daisy Ridley. I like Ray. I really do. I, I hope the tone is different. I hope it feels, I know the chance of this is slim to none, as I say all the time. I hope it feels like a more like independent film. But we'll see. All right, before I get to the next question, I want to warn people that if you haven't seen um, Ahsoka, the last episode, that you should skip this question. And I'll, I'll put it in the time code when to do so, because this next question is a spoiler from the last episode. So you've been warned. Okay, that being said, here we go. The Mandalorian 1570. Do you guys think that Anakin could be the son from Mortis in the end of that episode because of the Vader music? There's something, I think, ominous going on because of that Vader music, for sure. I think that we're going to... I wouldn't be surprised if that Vader... That, that is Vader, just not burnt up Vader. Because I think that's why that music was teased. I don't know about the Sun from Mortis thing. I think what they're going to have to do in this um, episode coming up, they really have to explain the rules of the world between worlds to people who don't know Rebels, who haven't watched Rebels in a while, because people who haven't seen it don't know what this is. If you're relying on people to go, oh, well, if you would have watched uh, season four of Rebels, you'd know exactly what this is. You can't do that. And I don't think they will do that. But they have to explain what that is. There are people right now that have never seen Rebels that are like, well, where is she? Is she dead? Like, what, what is that? Like, I don't know what that is. You have to explain it. And I think that they will. And I think you're going to see some gnarly stuff happening in this episode. I think that with Hayden back and I think we're going to see different versions of um, of what could have been, what might have been, uh, different timelines. I don't think it's going to necessarily be time travel all the way through. And someone, and I'll point this out, this is, I, I push back a little bit too, because I went back and watched the Mortis episode, not the Mortis, excuse me, the uh, World Between Worlds episode on, on Rebels. Someone tweeted me out and said, just to be clear, because Floney said this, that it's not time travel. It's not time travel. It is time travel. I mean, it absolutely is time travel. And he, well, because Filoni says it's not travel or says this, it's not, but it is. If you look at that moment, Ezra is there when he's, there's a version of himself with the long hair, when Anakin and Ahsoka are battling or Vader and Ahsoka are battling and she pushes him out of the way and he flies out of the way. And he's, but he's watching it and this is a year, two years later, but he's watching it from the world between worlds, short hair now, watching all this stuff, and he goes back in time to grab Ahsoka from that moment in time, pulls her out. So she moves forward in the future. He's like, you've missed a lot because she's moved forward in the future. So that's time travel. The then, he wants, he realizes, he tells Ahsoka, he's like, I gotta go and say, I gotta save Kanan. I gotta save Kanan. And he goes and he goes to the moment where Kanan's about to save everybody. And she's like, if you do that, you're gonna kill everybody else because of, of what happened. Because if you're messing with this particular moment in time, it will alter the rest of time. So it is absolutely time travel. No offense to Dave Filoni, it's time travel. Now, if you're pulling somebody out of a different part of time, or if you're able to see different moments in time and different realities, I want to see how it's going to be explained in the next way too. But the person that tweeted me, I respectfully disagree. 
with that. It is absolutely, if, if you're going back into a moment, pulling them out of time, bringing them into the future, that's time travel. Um, maybe not in the traditional sense, but it's, it's still a version of it. But nonetheless, uh, the, as far as him being the, the son from Mortis, I don't know what they're going to explain. I do know that if you watch that episode, the, on Disney+, Plus, there's like a list now that's like the essential episodes to watch going into Ahsoka. And it's not just stuff from Rebels. It's stuff from Clone Wars. It's stuff from Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. It's got a whole list. It's a, I recommend it for sure. But I watched that episode of Rebels, and they, they showed, like, I wonder, like, it's, it's explained very well in the episode of Rebels. So it's feasible that they can explain it very well in um, in Ahsoka and I think that they're going to have to. I hope that Filoni doesn't get to a place where he's like well I've already explained this in animation so I, I don't really want to explain it again that would be an error that would be an error. That's going to be very confusing to people but I'm excited for the episode. I think it's going to be pretty good uh, and we'll see We'll see what we get uh, before we move on I do want to tell you I got and I know people were, were talking about um, uh, Rocket Money and I, I brought that up earlier but I got AG1, I got Rumble Blankets, and I got Green Chef. And all three of them are massive, massive sponsors of the show. I love having them on the show. I'm going to tell you about all three of them right now. You guys are very familiar with AG1, and I'm glad that I am. I love AG1. They've changed my life, man. They really have. Our next partner is AG1. It's the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every day. I wake up in the morning. I shake up uh, a scoop in a bottle of water. And actually, I've been using this cup I got from the zoo. Don't ask me why, but I, I, that's what I've been doing normally. And I put it in this cup, and I shake it around. And it is, and I, I love my coffee. I'm not going to tell you that I don't love coffee, but I only take one cup of coffee now. I only need one cup because AG1 is I, my sleep quality is better. My uh, it, it just everything about them. I feel like my immune system is better now. It's like there's so much better. I just feel overall, I feel so much more healthy. My I've been in a better mood since I've been taking AG1. I really have, and I love it. It's so good because I can't do the, it's hard for me to do the supplemental routine. It comes with a whole bunch of different products and it, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just easier for me to do it all with one shot. And since I've been drinking AG1, I've known just a, a lot of mental clarity. Uh, my, my digestion is easier. I'm focusing a lot better. So, for me, I don't understand why people would want to take a bunch of different things where you can just take one scoop, put it in powder, shake it up once a day, boom. Because AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. It's the best. I am so excited and I'm so glad they're with us. They've been with us for so long. And you know, I had someone over the weekend ask me, hey, I want to support the show. I want to, I want to try AG1. You think I, I'll enjoy it? I said, yes, you will enjoy it for sure. And one of the things I really like about it too is that it tastes good. You wouldn't. It's green. It tastes good. I'm telling you. And it smells good, too. My wife the other day, she's like, what smells like berries? I was like, AG1, man. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. You have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. Drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out. You'll thank me later. You guys know Green Chef. I've been talking about Green Chef forever. I love them. I've been so excited to continue to work with them because I've been eating really good, as I mentioned before, not only with uh, with other vitamins and stuff I'm taking, but I'm eating really well. And the reason why I'm eating so well is because Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, and it's not the other way around. You can eat clean the easy way with recipes that help manage your weight and support your wellness goals without skimping on flavor. When I was 
I talk about it all the time. I do my own. I, I make like quesadillas now, and I can throw stuff on the grill. They have really good meat, good burgers, and if you and they have everything that you can actually. If you don't like burgers, you want to eat vegan more. They can do that too. You can enjoy effortless plant-based dining with Vegan Kickoff, which is a brand new limited time options, including delicious vegan breakfast, lunches, uh, dinners, and sides. They have everything. They deliver everything you need to eat clean the easy way for the rest of the summer. You can feel your best with nutritionists approved recipes packed with clean ingredients that support your healthy lifestyle and they taste great too. So if you want to check it out, please go and do it because they're, they're really amazing. You get ahead of the busy season with their convenient step-by-step -step recipes. They have dinners that are ready in like 25 minutes or less. I'm telling you, it was so easy for me and I'm an imbecile when it comes to cooking and it was so great. I mean, I love them. If you go to greenchef.com slash 60 thing greenchef.com slash 60 thing and use that code 60 thing you'll get 60% off plus free shipping it is worth the shot go and give it a whirl as the world girls would say I told you rumples the best I'm keep getting dms and I keep getting uh people who have been letting me know that they've gotten uh rumple because of this show and I'm so glad I'm so glad we're spreading the word I really am rumples great and they're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. And they're doing it. Durable, sustainable, and they're built to last. They recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year. They're B Corp certified, climate neutral, and they donate 1% of all their sales to environmental causes. I love Rumpel, and I've told you guys many times over, whether you're going to be at a picnic or you're going to go camping or you're just going to snuggle on a couch, they have all types of blankets. It's amazing. They have the original Puffy Blanket, which is their number one bestseller. They have over one million sold. They have 135 unique designs and there's a blanket for everyone. People are always looking for some new blankets and sometimes when you buy blankets they, they don't last very long. They're not durable. These things last and they last for a while. They're amazing. They're not just for the outdoors as I mentioned. Really good for just snuggling up watching a movie. I do it all the time. For listeners go to rumple.com slash the big thing and use that code the big thing at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. Rumble.com slash the big thing code the big thing. All right, guys, thank you so much for. I, someone tweeted me out this morning and said their their wife was um, recovering from a surgery, and so they used the code for um, for Green Chef to cook meals and have meals for uh, his wife, and and um, and I was so glad to, to see that too. So again, benefiting and helping them out and also in the in and you you are helping out the show in order to do that as well too so thank you for doing that and if you're able to so many people have been reaching out and been trying the codes too so and they've said and i i got that i was always i always get nervous too because i, I as you guys know when i tell you about it people had said to me like look it actually really helps me when you let me know that this helps the show because i tried something out and someone's like i tried ag1 out and i wasn't going to i didn't even think about it be, but I wanted to help the show, and now I can't. I love AG1. I use them all the time. So that's that. That was my best comment. That was my favorite comments. So when you do that, I put. I always link the description. All the sponsors are in the description. All the sponsors are the first comment pinned. So if you have the means to, and you're able to, and you help this show out by doing that, please do. And thank you so much. All right, let's get to the next question. AJ11NK. What are the things that you've learned in each of your jobs? Warner Brothers, Schmoes, Collider, Schmodown. And then going independent. I mean, I guess I learned a lot of this stuff. You know, I would if you're going back into that time with Warner Brothers, it's well. I mean, even even working at the Bachelor, and working, watching interviews, and 
in these things called ITMs, which is called in the moments when you're talking to people and you're having conversations. I use that whether I'm talking to somebody in, a, in an interview, if I'm sitting across from Diego Luna, and it's a matter of listening to people, those types of things. Um, if I am, um, it was Schmodown, I used to use that stuff all the time if I needed, when we were doing promos and I wanted to get a particular moment out of somebody and talking to them in a particular way, that was beneficial. The, the stuff is, I've met so many different people through Warner Brothers that have helped my um, career in general and, and built like long lasting friendships. I mean, hell, look at, at Naveed and, and Katie. I met both of them while working at Warner Brothers, right? Um, but I've learned a lot about the business. And I think a lot of the stuff that I talk about and when I can actually talk about development and the way that things work in general with the business and watching, I mean, that was a crash course working at Warner Brothers because I worked and I've, I've talked about this when it comes to what people don't realize is most production companies, most whether whatever it may be, most production companies, if they're lucky, they get one movie going in a year, or maybe they get one movie every two years. If they and and that's what they really put their their focus. And when I was working at Silver Pictures, Joel Silver had Silver Pictures and Dark Castle running at the same time. Plus his, I didn't work on these movies, but they plus had the the direct to DVD movies that they were working on too. Um, but it was Dark Castle and it was Silver Pictures, and I worked for both executives at that company at the same time, and it was overwhelming. I was young, but it was overwhelming. They were putting out three to four movies a year, three to four a year, which was nuts, plus developing stuff all the time, reading scripts, but I, I learned a, a, such a crash course in the way, and because we dealt with interaction with the studios and how you dealt with writers and writer meetings and, and setting things up with uh, how, how it worked with the execs and how, and I, I sat at, uh, at Greg Silverman's desk who, who ran Warner Brothers for a while and I learned a lot there. So I, I learned, I mean, working at Warner Brothers was a crash course into the business and I worked there, I think it was actually 2014 until like the end of seven. So it was like, like a little over three or four years including the stuff that I was doing afterwards when I was like, I was like temping after I left too because I wanted to go on to do other things. But as far as schmoes, you know, like, in, same thing, podcasting. I, I listened to one of our episodes that we did. With Mark and I always, like, traditional radio was something that Mark Ellis and I always loved and always wanted to do. And, like, the podcast element, when they started doing long form, um, like, we, we were one of the, if not the first, kind of people. I remember taking meetings with people going, why are you guys doing long form on YouTube? Nobody, nobody's going to watch that. I had somebody say that to me. No one's going to watch that. I was like, I don't think that's true. And then that person actually started doing a, a long form show and did pretty well with it. Um, and it just, it, we just wanted to take shots at doing this thing. And, and I think that's one of the things I learned to answer your question is that to take those shots, to believe in what you got, believe in the, and surround yourself with good people, right? So, um, and I think that it's just a matter of like interviews that we did, I learned, we, we I remember trying to book people as we were building up Schmoes and we were getting people, and thank God, like people like Maria Menounos, and um, uh, we, 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 we started to get pitched people as the show started to go when we were on Toad Hop. And then it just, once we moved it to like Maria Menounos' studio, we started getting more guests there. So um, yeah, I mean, there's so many different things as far as Collider went, it's it, learning the same way that I learned the business of the studio business when I was working at Warner Brothers, the online movie space and everything too, um, learned at Collider the way it all worked. And this is not a shot at Collider. This is, it just made me realize I didn't want to do that. Um, 
I so a lot of people. I think I've talked about this. So here's kind of maybe I haven't talked about this. I don't know. So how that all kind of came to be with how Mark Ellis and I we ran schmoes. We were doing schmoes. We were doing really well on our channel. And I was my my wife um, had we had my we had my first first daughter was I'm trying to think how old she was. She was probably around two or three years old when I stopped working at The Bachelor, which was my full-time job for like five and a half years. And I worked on Schmoes and I did all that stuff and, and I worked and you couldn't monetize YouTube and all those things and podcasts, sponsorships and all that was not what it was and the way, you, the way you're able to do it now today. It wasn't like that, even though we had at the time, you know, a significant amount of subscribers as we were building it up. But I, um, I, I had, they had told me a couple different times, walking, I just talked to my, my old boss at Bachelor recently. It was, nicest guy in the world his name's jeff and he was he was the best and he they kept trying to promote me at bachelor they wanted to send me on the road they wanted to send me this they kept trying to promote me and jeff's like okay here's what we want you to do we want you to do this now and then we're going to give you this title i was like no i like what i'm doing in the office and, and I'll, I'll stay in the post-production side of it and i'll just keep doing that and i did that every season because i was and i worked as hard as i could there but i was also working on schmoes and building up schmoes and then eventually Jeff's like, look, I can't keep offering you promotions to where you're saying no when there's other people who could take the promotions. So if you don't want the promotion, then we got to say this is the last season. And I said, it makes sense. I can't take the promotion. And that was it. So I left. So I was like on unemployment and I wasn't doing any. And I was, that's not that's not true. It was running schmoes. But I was not I, I was I had my. My oldest, well, at the time she was two or three years old, my wife, and we had this apartment, and I'm like, I, I have to find it. I got to find a gig here. I got to find something to do, and I got to go all in on, on Schmoes, you know. Um, so Amy Rose, who was a contributor at AMC with, with John Campion, and she called me. And I called her, actually. I saw that they had, post, they had a posting for... Um, a contributor on, on AMC Movie Talk. And I said, hey, I'd like to try to take a crack at this. And she's like, well, we're just wondering, myself and, and John, like, would you want to do this considering you have the Schmoes channel too? I was like, yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. I like, enjoyed doing the show. I wanted to do that. And I, and I did. And I started to build that out, build it out more, spend a lot more time there. And then obviously, in fast forwarding a lot, Mark and I joined there. And, and then AMC went and sold all that stuff to Collider and then Collider they became, they became more and more of a role and this is a course of like two years in, inside of all that but we got to a place 2016 wanting to have another kid and all that and um, and my we were Mark Fernandez who ran the company at Collider at this point presented Mark and I with a, Ellis and I with a deal like we'll have schmoes you guys can have offices you can do this you can do that and you can have any officers both executive positions where we were going to be able to get health insurance, do all that. And at the time I was paying health insurance, kind of what I'm doing now, to be honest, but health insurance out of my own pocket. And if you know that, if you pay for health insurance for your families in the United States, it, it's, it ain't cheap and it, it's tough. So I was like, okay, let me take that position. I was still getting the deal with, with Schmoes. And, and I, and I, and I did that and I did it as, as an, and I actually, and I, and I still do, and I talked to Mark, Mark Fernandez. I, I liked his vision of what he wanted to do and all these things too, but I fast, I realized fast that it was probably a mistake to, because I, I had to sacrifice things. 
And if you notice, if you were watching the schmoes, like we wouldn't get the reviews out at the same times we normally would. We, I was not in a lot of the reviews at, at times, and, and it was becoming harder for me to be on the Schmoes No Show because I would work all day at Collider, and then by the time they did it, another one, uh, they did a show, I wouldn't get home to my family in time. So it was like, it was, it was a whole thing. And I also, it was just, I just wasn't happy during this, at least this, I was happy for maybe like the first year as I was learning it. And then the rest of it, I just realized I didn't want to be doing it. And I was, Schnepp had passed, my brother had passed, like all this stuff, and I was just in a very shitty place. Um, and it just, um, you know, it, but I realized very, a lot of different things from mistakes and things done well, things not done well. I learned a lot that I took with me into the Schmodown stuff, into the Skybound stuff. Schmodown, same thing, learned a lot about, like worked with my, my buddy JP, who was my live events guy, learned so much about the, the live events business um, and learned how to manage over a hundred people, which was not easy. I would never do it again. <laughs> God bless them all. Never do it again. It was the most stressful time of my life because it was just dealing with big personalities, like 100 plus. Um, and then going out on my own, man, it's just been, this has been, and I've said it, and it's not hyperbole, like I really, this is the most relaxed fun I've had because it's a small group and I really enjoy it. I like being with the group. I can't wait to have everybody back once the strikes are over. Um, and that's it. It's kind of a long-winded answer, but uh, there you go. James Diesel, 1468, strike content idea. Coy, Winston, and Riley out to that tree once and for all. I'm, I, you're, look, that's not a crazy idea for people who don't know about the tree. It's, uh, it was a long, long adventure where I had scraped up hands. And I, I really want to go back just to see if the hula hoop's still there. But I'm, I might. I might take you up on that, James. I might. 55 Chevy 327. Do you think Gary Busey will ever be in Star Wars? And if he will, will he be an alien or himself? Uh, what is the difference? So funny. I, I did. We did. Uh, we did that video the other day, and um, we we're talking about. We're watching this video, and he's like, he's just on. He's he's in outer space, right? I've, I've, I'm talking because I've been on a rooftop with him about three hours collectively, and someone's like, "Well, you choose to talk about this, but you you don't choose to talk about his the the." The sexual case that came up against him a year and a half ago. I go, first of all, I don't even know if I've heard about that. I don't remember hearing about it. Second of all, it wasn't something that we covered back then. And I didn't know how it was relevant to this. We weren't, we weren't saying, oh, yeah, good for Gary that he did that. That's awesome that he did that. Good for him. It's like, no, what is he doing? He's out of his mind. She's like, you can't just drive away. You're like, yeah, I guess he can because he's Gary Busey and everybody f figured out who he was. But what does one have to do with the other? I don't understand people sometimes on, on YouTube or, or on comments. It's like, there, no, there's something else to say inside of that. Like, it's just wording, right? It's, it's just wording. In the, same, in the same context of like, hey, I was just curious. Did you guys happen to see that that case that came out against him a couple of years back? If you did, is that something that you would cover? Or do you just, because like, personally... I feel like this is kind of like you're kind of just laughing at a situation, not realizing this guy might not be a good dude. But it's, it's just presentation. And I was like, don't just do this. Why does everybody do this? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like so I see a couple of those. It's like people just don't they don't present it in a way like, hey, curious. It's like, and then there was another thing that like, maybe just don't, don't don't talk about the guy. No, maybe you don't listen to that subject. Maybe just just skip. It's OK. Stop doing this. Everybody's doing this on Twitter. Everybody's doing this on all over the place. Stop doing this. 
drives me nuts. But no, I don't think he's going to be an alien. He already is one. All right, next one. Cage Crampshee, 3709. Do you have realistic suggestions for who should replace Kathleen Kennedy when she leaves Lucasfilm? Mine would be Peter Rice. Did a great job running content for Disney and a great relationship with Iger. Um, this is such a cliche. Well, first of all, the answer to that question is yes, I do. I have an idea, but I don't want to say the person's name because, first of all, you wouldn't know who it is. Second of all, I don't want to jinx that if I say the person's name, God forbid somebody sees it and goes, why are they saying that person's name? Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Like, who, uh, like, and then it jinxes them and they never get a chance to, to, to even be in the, in the room. I think it should be a, an executive who has done things, who knows Star Wars in and out. Yes, you absolutely have to have a good job, a good um, relationship with Iger and Disney. And I think that that should count. And you should know that business side of it as well, too. But you should know Star Wars in and out. And I think that has been a problem with um, Kennedy in, in the helm. Now, there was a lot of times where people would be like, oh, you, don't, you shouldn't have to know Star Wars all the way. It's like, well, it, it, I used to be. I used to be the guy that was like, well, Filoni should be in charge of all of it. And he should be, not Lucasfilm, because that's, I don't even think he'd want to do that, because that's, that's not just Star Wars, that's everything. But all of Star Wars, I was like, yeah, well, Filoni should run it. A lot of people still feel that way. I don't feel that way anymore. I think Filoni does his projects really well, and I'm really enjoying Ahsoka, and I am a Rebels fan, and I think, but I, I think Filoni holds the Lucas philosophy um, way too tight and doesn't let it breathe out a little bit of like everything needs to be the way that George always wanted it. You should follow the rule book of George Lucas for sure, clearly, when it comes to story and stuff. But there's other things that George didn't do great. And there's other things like, I, there's certain characters I don't think we'll ever see in Floney's thing because George didn't do it. I don't think he ever pays attention to any of the book stuff because even though it's canon, George always had shots against the books. And I think Floney feels the same way. I talked to him about the books one time, and he, he as, as politically and nice as he could, pretty much just kind of shoot off the books because there's too many of them. He can't pay attention to all of it. Um, so the books and comics to me are not canon. It, it, they're canon until it's inconvenient for them to be canon. Um, and then, like, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I've never heard him say anything about Andor. I've heard him talk about everything else, too. I don't, I mean, Andor is not traditional George Lucas Star Wars. And I love that about it. Um, I love the Star Wars soup of it all. I think that there's so much great stuff. I'm finally seeing lightsaber battles again in Ahsoka, and that's, that's pretty great. Um, but I think that, I think he holds two close to the stronger, faster, more intense stuff. And I think that you can balance that out. I think you can balance it out. I'm also, um, um, I'm very curious about, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious because I think that they should have someone in there that knows the business overall, knows Star Wars and can expand a little bit. All right, let's keep going. Philip Barr, will Star Wars ever be able to move on from the Skywalker legacy era? I hope so. And I think that the Acolyte will be the first kind of test to see because it has nothing to do with that era. It's about, I think it's something like 100 years before. I, I can't remember. You guys can tell me. But it's, it's before Phantom Menace. It, it's, uh, it's, it's distancing itself, right? Um, I thought that you could have still kind of done that with the Helen Mirren story 
if you were going to do, and I say Helen Mirren because that was the, the report of it, the, an older Ray story rather. But I do think that I have been, I am pretty much convinced, and it breaks my heart to say it, I don't think the old Republic, or the, even though they've said the old Republic is a part of the timeline, we ain't seen a Night's Old Republic uh, movie or TV show. It ain't going to happen. I think it's utter madness and really, really silly and short-sighted to not think that um, you could do a lot of stuff with the old Republic. I think it's very, very silly. And I think battles between Sith and Jedi, um, again, there, there's, you gotta, you gotta expand past that bubble. And that's a good way to kind of, to establish that, but they are playing in the same realm and, and they can't stick to their own rules of the th stuff that they wanna do because we talked about this on Sith the other day. Inside of where Ahsoka takes place right now, right? Like, how do you not, how is Luke Skywalker not your first phone call? Now I get it if you're a fan, you're like, oh, enough Luke, we've seen Luke enough. And even your question even poses that, like, Luke, like, uh, can we get past it? Yeah, fine. But when you put something in the timeline, you also gotta make sense, like, this is five or six years after Return of the Jedi. This is the guy that killed Darth Vader. This is the guy that blew up, uh, was responsible and helped in the, in the destruction of two Death Stars blowing up. He escaped the blowing up Death Star. He's the last known kind of Jedi out there that was, you know, he's a legend. Why is he not your first phone call going after Thrawn? Why is he not mentioned? Why is Leia not mentioned um, in, in that meeting? Like, you gotta mention them. I get it. You wanna still, all the people, they don't want us to talk about the Skywalkers. You have to when it comes to that time period. So you move past that stuff when you put it in a different time period. And it was one of the things that I think that when you start to make things outside past episode nine, you can explore with more because most of them are, are dead. Even though it's Ray Skywalker, she's not, I mean, it's still connected to it, but you fast forward, they can get away with it. I think eventually they will, but it's gonna be a while. Emo cat dad. Is DC just going to put Aquaman 2 out knowing it'll likely lose money anyway, given recent DC films, or do they push it to try to get Momoa to bring some extra money in when he can do press? Look, this is a great question, and it's a question that we've talked about here on this show. Here is the, here's the overall issue. The movie's been pushed back like two or three times already. It's gone through four reshoots um, already. Now, again, a lot of times people go, oh, there's always reshoots, usually like one or two rounds. Four rounds is, is unusual. But they went through reshoots. They have all these different things. Um, it's supposed to come out in December. If they push it, which your question makes sense. Like they, let's say they push it until, I don't know, March or even summertime to try to, let, probably, they probably push it to, I would say March, and it's, which March is already very crowded. So let's say they push it to March. Then that's, you have now about a year Little less, little over a year between Aquaman and then the new Superman coming out. Because the new Superman is supposed to come out. Now, because of the strikes and because of it, that, that, that date, Superman will probably push. So it is possible. I mean, I think that that's what they're hoping for, right? They're hoping you can get the movie out within a, about a, a year after it's shot. But I, I, I don't know. Um, most likely they'll push the Superman one, but let's say they don't. Let's say it hits that May date. 
that's only about a little little over a year to get those uh, those two movies out and separate yourself from the DCEU completely into this new thing. If you put it out in December, it's about it's about it's almost two years, a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. Um, and that's if they get, if they push it to uh, they push Aquaman, they probably push it into the summer. If they pushed it again to December of 2025, 2024, then you're you're so close, then it'll be really confusing. If you know it's going to be a loss overall, you got to put it out. People are like, why not just write it off now? You can. It costs too much money, too much money on reshoots, too much. You've got to, even if you can make $100 million off of it with a, with a big, big loss, at least you get $100 million back. But, yeah, I, I think they're going to stick with it. I think it comes out whether you get Momoa to promote it or not. Same thing with, with uh, Wonka. They, they need to put some money in the account. And it's it's that's why that's why Zaslav is out there talking about getting people at the table. Raylon nine four one seven. Will you review One Piece on Netflix? Love this question, and I have an answer for you. I actually right before I shot this, one of the reasons why this was um, why this was delayed today is because I actually did a reaction. I haven't done it since House of the Dragon. I actually did a full on reaction that Nerd Chronic from Schmodown Days, if you know Nerd Chronic, who actually um, hosts his own podcast too, but uh, he is going to edit this. For me, and I should have it out today. And um, it's a full-on reaction to it. If you guys watch it, I said if it does over twenty thousand views, then I'll do another one. If not, it's probably one of the last ones I do because that was the other thing. Like I said before, I put out these things it cost money to make, to to edit them. It costs money to it. Co it's time to watch all this stuff, put it out. Um, so if it does well, then I'll do it again. And if you guys want to see that stuff, it's like if you don't want to watch it. Please don't watch it just because I'm doing it. It's like if you, have, if you have an interest in it. But the answer is yes. I will. I'm gonna. If I if I wind up, if people wind up watching that and liking it, then I'll do the whole series. If they don't, I'm going to watch it and then review it because I actually really enjoy, I really uh, spoiler. I really enjoy, not not for the show, just for me. I really enjoyed the first episode a lot. Really enjoyed the first episode a lot. So I will be watching the show overall. Just a matter of I'm watching them um, on on camera, or if I'm watching them and then reviewing it. Gunslinger 199. What do you think the next animated Star Wars should be after Bad Batch? I want to see a show set after Return of the Jedi with Luke Han and Leia. I would love that, and that would be an amazing, amazing run if they did something like that to see. Again, though, the problem starts to run in with this new canon stuff. I mean, maybe you can explain where they are in general, but like the it's like. If they're doing anything related to the stuff going on in Ahsoka or Mandalorian, it's going to be like, well, where the hell are they? So it's tougher to do. I think Tales from the Jedi, continuing that would be great, and even playing with the Sith a little bit more and getting a little bit more about Balin uh, really sucks that, um, you know, unfortunately we're not going to be able to get the, the, the great Ray Stevenson uh, to, to, to do it. But I, I, I think Tales of the Jedi is one of the best things that they've done in animation since Rebels. I mean, great. I didn't love Resistance. Um, Bad Batch has been fine for me. I think last season Bad Batch was pretty good, but I'm like, if they were like, oh, that was it now for Bad Batch, I'm like, okay, let's move on. Um, but I do think something tells the Jedi or tells them the Sith and going back to the Old Republic. Just, just I'm telling you, follow. I'm, I'm following my gut. I don't think they're gonna do any Old Republic stuff. I hope. I hope I'm wrong. Tom Devaney, have you considered reviewing the re reviving the rewatch series with Coy and Winston during the strikes? So I do the rewatch stuff on the website, and they're, they're, they're kind of shorter, about 12 minutes. 
13 minutes where we watch stuff that I, that I, whether it's, I just did The Flash, and then I'm going to do Indiana Jones, and, and I do that. That's, that's the same type of thing, though, right? The rewatch series, depending on, like, what the movie is, and normally the ones that did well was right before a big release of something. So had we done, like, the Indiana Jones, the three movies would have been, or four, I guess there's four. Those who are leading up to the fifth one, um, we would have done those four weeks beforehand leading into it. That's the way we used to do it when we did the series. The problem was that if you, if, if you guys didn't see the movie or you didn't care about it, it really it, it hurt, it hurt the channel. Like we did Toy Story one time and just like, just ate it. So we, uh, we, didn't, we decided to move them to the website. I mean, there's, there's some stuff that maybe just do like a special kind of one-off with it, but... It's the same thing. I think that the reason why people ask, like, Koi had, like, a, had an agreement with Real Rejects, you know. Um, so there is certain things that he is still obligated to kind of do for them that will still not, and Koi and Greg are very good friends, so they want to make sure that they can, he can do stuff, and that's why you still see him on Real Rejects and things. Winston has been kind of, has, has been off the grid for a little bit. So as soon as, look, as soon as the strike is over, man, we'll, we're, we're trying to get the, the, the band back together. Cobra Kai Kid. Give the Cobra Kai Kid a foul. It's the best. Love true. Do you think Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, or Han Solo will be either mentioned or shown in Ahsoka Season 1? Do I think that they should? Yes. Do I think that they will? No. Um, I think that is a Kathleen Kennedy mandate for some reason. Again, now there's a stay away from Luke and Leia and Han and stay away from all of them and don't bring Luke in with deep fake anymore and don't do this and don't do that with, with the old school crew. And I think it is a mistake. I think because, you know, when there is, I know that there are a lot of people out there and you probably some, see some people commenting on this video. They got to stop bringing in Luke and they got to stop relaying on, relying on, on the old school legacy characters. I don't disagree, but when it comes to the time period it would make sense. Why wouldn't you? Where's, where's the great? They're still young at this point. Where, where's the greatest Jedi of all time? Where's one of the greatest generals? Where's the one of? Uh, I mean, you got General Solo, you got General Leia, you got Luke, you got Chewie, you got all these people running around out there, and you don't, you don't want to, you don't even mention them. It, like that's what they did in the Flash, and I mentioned this the other day. In the Flash, when in the very beginning of the movie, regardless of what you think, they're like, "Well, where's Superman? Busy. Aquaman? Busy. Cyclops? Busy." Fine, they're all busy, but tell me where they are. Don't just ignore that they're, that they're around. I mean, they're, it's, they're crucial parts of the rebellion, or the government, the New Republic now. 11th Cub fan, are you excited for the creator? I don't know if excited is the word, but curious for sure. I'm going to see it, I think, next week. Um, I'm curious to see. It's the first movie Gareth Edwards has done since... Um, well, I think since, well, I don't know if that's true, but the first big one since, since Rogue One, because that he, that, he kind of disappeared off the map. I think he did something else, but I haven't, we haven't heard a lot from him. And I like the premise of it. I think with all the stuff going on with AI right now, it's, it's very relevant. The September release date scares me, um, but it's also a smaller movie. And I'm very, I am very curious. I hope that it's fantastic. I think we need more new kind of science fiction movies that are it seems like a lower lower budget seems bigger but lower than you know this 200 million. what's the what's the budget i don't see if they if they even list it yet but what uh the budget on the creator movie 2023 
Um, 80 million, right? Is that right? 80 million, is that? See, that's, 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 what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about, like in, in, incredible. So then there's actually a, an article from Collider that start, starts with, the creators, um, Gareth Edwards might have a solution to Hollywood's blockbuster problem. And I guess it's go ahead and make, you know, make sure you're $80 million. That's if you can pull this off, I am rooting for this movie to answer your question. Am I, so I'm excited to see, I'm, ex I, I'm excited to see if they can pull it off and that it's great. I'm hoping this movie is great because they had an $80 million budget and I hope it makes hand over fist to make them go, see, stop doing what you've been doing. Stop making $300 million movies to try to be greedy and hit that billion dollar thing. Stop it and make movies that count. I'm, I'm praying for this movie, I really am. I think it looks interesting. I'm hoping, I'm gonna do another the theater reaction when I see it next week and I hope everyone, I'm going, everybody see this, everybody see it. Or I'm gonna go, eh, Sean Jake 8, 140. Would it be better to have a longer break from superhero movies so the hunger grows back in full swing? I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but the, the problem is that you'd have to get, you know, collectively Warner Brothers and Disney, really. I mean, there's other comic book movies that come out, but for the most part, superhero movies, even superhero shows, whether it's Invincible or The Boys or anything, too. Everybody who does anything with those things would have to go, hey, guys, let's all agree together to stop making stuff. Now, if you're talking about one particular brand and you're like, all right, well, maybe it's maybe Marvel should kind of pull back a little bit. They are. That's what they're doing, right? Um, I think that they put out way too much stuff, and I do think it is definitely a Hollywood problem and a studio problem. We're like, look what's popular, put out, put it, keep pumping it up. They're, they're eating all of it. Oh, that movie made a billion, that movie made a billion. Pump it out, pump it out. TV show, no TV show. And then it's like, whoa, it, it becomes exhausted and it dilutes the, the, the product in general. Um, and we had a really long conversation about this the other day. We are just talking about there's a lot of movies that are just, um, that are not, it was Roka and I were talking about it. it it's a lot of movies, even in the DC side, that ate crap that weren't that bad. Um, and it is, it does go, and a lot of it has to do with the casual viewer going, I don't know, another superhero movie, I'm, I'm all right. Guardians was different. Guardians was the, was the end of a, of a trilogy that people wanted to see. Um, I, I am curious about Aquaman because they can blame it on the strike if it doesn't do well. But I am curious also because the first one made a billion dollars and it made it during a different time. Um, it's not gonna have too much competition, but I wonder if it, it, it does have that DC stink on it right now. And that doesn't mean that the new Superman, just because it's under a new regime, won't. The marketing's gotta change, a lot of different things have to change in it. But yeah, the superhero movie, man. Um, yeah, it's not gonna, it's, you're gonna get them, they're gonna keep coming out. I mean, well, we'll have a little bit of a, but Aquaman, if it comes out, then Deadpool, what else comes out next year? There's a few other ones, right? But it's slower and the shows are pulling back too. We got Loki, which is, I think I pushed originally from July into like October, which is great. Um, but I think spacing them out more so than just putting a halt to it. Because people, there is still a major um, interest in it. Back to 11th Cub, Cub fan, excuse me. Apologize if this is too personal. How much did cast media screw you over? Campia said they took 100K from him. Is it more than less than that? Well, it's less than that for sure. Um, but it, it was significant enough to me. Um, and what I will say, I mean, I've heard, um, I've heard quite a few 
shows talking about this, right? I think most recently, Theo Vaughn put something out, and I know that um, Jim Cornette put something out too. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I, all I'll say is that I, our show fell into the same issue as all these other shows, right? We were we we had sponsors that the sponsors themselves bought ads on our show, and they paid us. They paid the company. We just we didn't get paid for it. And it all I'll say to me is um, I got a out of the money that I was owed, I got like that much. And it was just basically like, just, dude, give me something because I'm not going out and getting lawyers. That's going to, you know, cost me enough. And I'll just have to build back up and do it. I would say the company we're with now is incredible. I love, love them. They've already, they've all the, that's why I tell you guys, like, these sponsors that you see, they get the right sponsors. They get people that we really, really enjoy. We really like working with people that we had while we were with Cast that we wanted to keep working with. Um, so that's what helps us when you support the show. Um, you, they, and and I will tell you this: that we, the, our new ad agency, does absolutely pay us for these sponsors, and we we're able to continue doing these shows because of it. But it, it really was a major setback. It was a major setback. So people have been asking about the Schmodown channel. I haven't been able to, like, because Frankie Numbers, Frankie Janish, would, would upload them every day. I got hit in the, in the budget, and I, it was one of the things I had to cut. Um, when we get back on track, then I will put that back up, and there's other things that I just had to take a hit with because they screwed us over tremendously. And like I said, when, when I'm, I, was in, I was in good shape kind of moving forward because I was going out on my own. I was doing all these things, and, and, and it's one of the things that I rely on. So it set me back about four and a half, five months. It sent me back about four and a half, five months, and, and we're, we're, not, we're not even close to kind of caught up yet. Um, so, you know, that's why I don't, I don't bullshit you when I tell you if you have the means to support the channel, then that's why those links in the, uh, in the sponsors are, are very, very helpful. But again, if you don't, a like and a comment will suffice. Um, okay, let's go, let's go two more. Simis92. A while back, you said you were focused, more focused on YouTube. As primarily podcast listener, is YouTube still your focus? Still hoping for an ad-free premium podcast feed? I do have podcast feeds. Um, and I do... Um, so I think that there is a way on Spotify to get ad-free. I think so. But if you're talking about... If you're talking about, like, you know, the ads that I run... I mean, that's, again, like I just mentioned, man. That's, that's, how, that's how between AdSense on YouTube and sponsors, that's how we're able to do this, like, full-time. You know, it's... Um, it's being able to be lucky enough to find sponsors that we like. So if you're listening to it on Spotify and you're worried that I'm talking about, you know, rumple blankets, I'm, I'm sorry, brother, but that's, that's, that's how we're going to make this thing work. Now, if you're talking about like, you know, built in pre-rolls and mid-rolls and things like that, as far as the audio side on Spotify, and I think that there's an option on Spotify to do ad free, I think, but I'm not sure which one you meant for sure. But I've, I've always actually, I've never really said that it's just YouTube. I mean, YouTube, only what I've said is, the majority of our listens and views, like if we do 10 to 25,000 views on this episode, combined with the five to 10 we'll do on audio, then that's collectively now, whatever that math, 35, 40 on, on, the, um, on the episode collectively. So um, YouTube is just our major one that, that brings in the majority, if that makes sense. But no, I, I, look, I, I love, podcasts in general so i would i would love not prefer i would love for more people to listen to us on spotify i would love for more people to listen to us on apple and more people are our numbers have gone up 
from what we were doing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's right now YouTube is just, that's what a lot of people just know me from. But I think I addressed your question. I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, if it's, if, if it's as far as the Spotify stuff goes with, if you're listening to Spotify or an Apple and you're like, well, but I don't really want the, like the ads that I, that I, that our sponsors that we had today, you know, Rumpel and Rocket Money and AG1 and, and, um, and Green Chef. Like if you're worried about those, if that's what you're Unfortunately, that's, that's what it is. And try one, man. They're awesome. All right, last one. Catherine Farrell, 6678. Any excitement for Saw X at the end of September? I thought Spiral with Chris Rock was super underwhelming. Curious if you watched it and what your thoughts were. Appreciate everything you and Brett are doing. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Catherine. It's very kind of you, and I appreciate the kind words. So here's something crazy. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I probably haven't talked about it in a bit. I have never seen one Saw film. Not one. I've never seen the first one, the James Wan one. I've never, I've never seen one of them. The first one I probably ever will see will be Saw X. Um, I think there's a screening for it that I, I don't know why, but in my head, I'm like, I'm going to go check that out. I want to see it. And people are going to go, why don't you watch the first one first? I don't know if I can do that. Maybe I do a rewatch of it. Maybe I do a first time thing for the website. I'm not sure. So I have not seen the one with Chris Rock because I haven't seen any of them. So I might see, I might see Saw X. I'm so bummed. Someone said to me the other day, how come I missed, like, how come you didn't review the Equalizer? I had a doctor appointment on the Tuesday, the next day. Um, everything's good. But it was, a, it was a pretty lengthy thing that I had to do for the majority of the day. So I had to do all this stuff in prep for it. So I thought I was going to be able to get to the screening of Equalizer 2 that night. But my wife's like, are you crazy? You're going to go to a screening when you have to do this, this, this in preparation for this? So I didn't go. Um, and this is what I've tried to tell people. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed the first and second one. This is what I tried to tell people when they were asking me about the freaking um, the, the sound of freedom or whatever. That's like, when I miss a screening, you have to understand, it is very hard for me. I don't see movies casually often unless I uh, am taking, like, my kids to see something, right? It is very hard for me to do with work and family and all that stuff too. And I've made this so clear. If I miss a screening of something, I usually don't see it until it hits streaming. And this is first like Equalizer being an example of a movie I really wanted to see. I really wanted to see the third one. And I'll try to, and I've been telling myself, I'll try to get to, out to the theater to, to try to see it. And then I went and I saw The Nun 2 before I saw Equalizer. And I was not happy about that, but I like, if I'm going to the movies, if I missed the screening for both of them and I was able to get to the screening, to the theater to see something, I would go see Equalizer. But I went to the screening because it is more convenient for me to finish up a day of work, head to the theater with a screening, and then that's it because it's part of the work day. Not everybody understands that. Not everybody gets it, but that's, that's how it is. So if I miss the screening, I miss the screening. But Saw X, if I, miss, if I get the screening, I might see it. Anyway, uh, that was the show. It's kind of lengthy. But um, nonetheless, thank you guys so much for joining me here today on the show. I appreciate all of the questions. Very kind of you to send in. Um, and if you have any other questions, please do. Anything that I've talked about, please comment. As I mentioned earlier within the comments and everything else, too, if you have the means to and you're able to support the show, please consider one of our sponsors. And that's it. I uh, appreciate you. We'll see you on the flip side. This is the big thing. Hit that button, man. Subscribe. All right. See you later. Bye.